celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. Now, if you have a question about your pet, your animal, doesn't matter what kind, uh, give us a call. We have Dr. Debbie here, and let me tell you, she's pretty well-versed in all kinds of animals. She practices in Las Vegas, where you see just a, a real plethora of animals. So she's uh, she knows probably all about the animal that you have, and she can answer your question. And, and Joey Volani, now, he's he's been grooming for a long time now. You groom specifically dogs and uh, perhaps the occasional cat, no flamingos or any other animals, right? No, no flamingos, nothing like that. Sometimes um, umbrella cockatoos, you know, the one I, when I got to wash mine. But um, other than that, no, just dogs and cats. Okay, so if you have a question about, uh, a grooming question about your dog, your cat, or even your bird, toll free from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a uh, free download. Uh, coming up on today's show, Dr. Nicholas Dodman will be back. And correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> Is the topic, can your pet commit suicide? Yeah. That is the topic. That's the topic. I want to know. Well, I would think wow. not. I would think not, but we'll find, we'll out. find I, out. Is that a problem? Do Has anyone had a pet that committed suicide? I. You know what? I think in the uh, first time that's ever crossed my mind. Really? So we'll find out about that in just a few minutes with Dr. Nicholas Dodman. Also, a guy who's made an invention, another pet invention, and as you know, we're always looking for inventions for the pets. You know, a lot of people give up their day jobs and invent something for the pets, and you see them at the trade shows every year <laughs> trying to pitch it. <laughs> New pet products. New pet products. Some of them work, some of them don't. Some of them are silly. Some of them are really brilliant. And today, we'll figure that out, whether this is uh, One of those genius. ones where we kick ourselves. Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> and we'll find out how this guy is doing with his project. And, uh, oh, Doc Halligan's going to be back. Relax yourself, Joey. Just relax Wow, yourself. okay. My yeah. buddy. Yes. She's uh, talking about the cold weather and tips for your pets. So you want to stick around for that. Now, we're going to go to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Joey, what are you working on on the show today? Well, you see, that that upsets me now that yeah. um that my buddy's coming on because that's what I was going to talk about. Oh, really? Cold weather tips for your pets. But I bet you my tips are better, so... You're going to have to listen. Okay, well, We're going to have a, a tip-off. <laughs> Lori Brooks working in the newsroom there. She is our news director. She does a phenomenal job digging out the stories about the animals and the pets. And I'm sure you're working on something provocative today, aren't you? You know, there's a, a new cat scent out that I, I want to tell you about. But it's a scent of a certain area of a cat that... <laughs> Supposedly, oh, this certain this. area, this certain area of a cat is supposed to smell so good, and and I've had many cats, and and I've never noticed this, but my sniffer isn't the greatest. But this area of a cat is supposed to smell so good, so they've replicated it, so you can now have that smell on your sofa, your pillow, your dog. Wherever. I I already do. They're all over my pillow and sofa. <laughs> you know what? I I love the smell of my cat. And it's, can, it, can you tell the difference if you can Do tell you really? Uh, yes, I can tell the difference between my cats. And, <gasps> Just by smelling their... Well, it's sort of like a mother. And, you know, a mother smells their, their child's head. And they could... Mm -hmm. Wow, Hal. Pretty good. Learn something well, new I about you smell, today. Same thing with my dogs. I could tell the difference between the four dogs just by smelling them. But it's not, you know, I don't know if I want to spray the whole house with it's that It's not smell. a good smell. <laughs> well, it's not that it's, it's the bad smell, but it's not, you know, it's not like for spraying Febreze. <laughs> I love the well, smell of my of cats. These, you guys, yeah. some of these people say that this specific cat smell, it, it, it smells anything like you know from wonderful you know a new day of sunshine to fresh baked bread so huh. uh, where, where, are those cats? where you can smell it on your cat is coming up <laughs> tuna on rye 
Okay, that's on the way. But uh, first, let's go to the phones for your calls right now. And hey, Crystal, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing? How you doing? Where are you calling from? California. California. Where? L.A.? Long Beach. Long Beach. Uh-huh. How's the weather today? Uh, it's nice. It's nice, like it always is in SoCal, huh? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so what's going on with your animal? Well, I have two baby kitties that we found on the side of the road. Okay, and two baby kitties. How old are they? Oh, between four and five weeks. Okay. And we've been giving them uh, the baby milk, but we have one that has started eating out of the dish, and the other one hasn't. Okay. So is it okay to give them baby food? Baby food as in human baby food? Yes. Why would you give, would you give your baby cat food? No. <laughs> I'm being, I'm being silly here, but, um, we should be going with a kitten food. Um, so the, the, the kind of the ins and outs with weaning kittens. So we've got, if we've got stray kittens that we might tend to wean them a little bit earlier, but four weeks is generally the kind of the guideline of when we start that. Uh-huh. So what I usually do is when we come from the, the kitten milk formula, which is what they should be fed when they're being bottle fed. That's um, what I put, I'm feeding them now. Perfect. Good, good. So we can introduce that into a bowl and let them drink that out of a bowl. And then we can uh-huh. also take that, that, you can take the milk replacer and add that to some canned kitten food. And this is where I was joking because I just, I wouldn't even think about feeding baby food to a cat because, you know, we have totally different nutritional requirements for humans that we do for cats. Cats are carnivores, so they have a high protein need. So there's no reason we would give them kitten or baby food. The other thing also that is commonly used in baby food that actually can be detrimental to cats is the the use of onion powder, garlic flavorings. Those actually can be toxic, and if you repeatedly feed baby food uh, to cats or kittens, it can actually cause a type of anemia, um, a toxic a toxic change that affects their red blood cells. So okay. definitely, definitely grab okay. that kitten food. And I usually what I like to do is just kind of make a little oatmeal mash. So I take the canned kitten food, a little bit of the the milk replacer, and I kind of make it like just like I'm eating some oatmeal with some milk for myself and uh-huh. offer that in small amounts. And that sometimes helps that transition from milk into more solid food. And, and then later, then that's when we talk about dry food. Okay, um, what kind of uh, cat food should I buy at kitty food? What kind of cat food? Um as far as kitten food, so I look for, you know, whatever your favorite brand is, but I would go with a kitten variety. So it's specifically for that age group. And the canned formula, so I do more of the minced meat. So instead of the kind that have the gravies and the pieces of meat in it, for a kitten this age, we really want the minced stuff. So when it comes out of the can, it looks kind of all even throughout. It's homogenous looking. So that would be the one. But there's a lot of great brands you can go out there um, and get. But just make sure you do get kitten food. So, and then I have one that doesn't want to eat out of the dish. How long does that really take? 
Well, the, the trick is that you need to make sure that you're not offering as much feeding by the bottle so that if that's available to him in the saucer, that we'll get to that and, and we'll be hungry enough to do that on our own. And then sometimes a little monkey see, monkey do is helpful. So if the other kitten is around watching that one or even myself, I'll kind of play around and make little eaty sounds nom, 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 and kind of show where you want the kitten to go to eat and uh, put a little bit on your finger, introduce it you know, straight to the kitty and uh, see if you can entice them that way. But that whole weaning process, it may, every cat's a little different. We start at four weeks of age. That'd be like the kind of the earliest I'd like to start. But this process takes time. So it may not be till six weeks or nine weeks that we're completely weaned over. So if your kitties are four or five weeks, I would just, you know, keep offering in the, um, the saucer and uh, try to decrease the amount that you're given by bottle. Okay. Okay. Oh, Thank well, you. Good luck with those little babies, and uh, good Thank to you, you for, so uh, much. You have for saving a those babies. Day. You too. Thanks for calling. That is uh, perhaps the most fun I've ever had was raising kittens at that particular age. So that's a, that's a fun thing that she's doing right there. It is. And we didn't talk about it, but, you know, the other interesting thing is if you are taking care of all of the kitten needs, when they're under four weeks of age, you got to clean them too. Yeah. I'd always get fur in my mouth when I did that. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you got to clean their butt and their pee. <laughs> so you've got to wipe that area with a warm wash rag to stimulate them. So, yeah, I'm sure she's already figured that out because if they're four or five weeks in now. See, I used to take my finger and with the warm wash rag and make little circles on their belly to stimulate mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and I've had kittens come here, you know, that age that um, people start nursing and taking care of, and if they didn't know about cleaning their genital area, they will actually get constipated. Oh, wow. They can't go without having that maternal stimulation, so it's really essential that you do that. I want some more kittens. kittens we should foster some. We need to foster some kittens. Yes. Just foster them, that's all. And smell their heads. <laughs> Do you like the way your cat smells? That's just a question I'm asking because it's going to be a topic of conversation coming up in just a few minutes. And I love my cat. I love how my cat smells. You're weird that way. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Alan Kibble, and I'm so grateful to have a chance to talk to the world's best audience. I know you care about your dogs. Some of you care a little bit too much. <laughs> like the lady I was helping last week. While I was over at her house, she cut off a piece of cheese for herself, and while she was munching on it, her dog was fixated right on her face, sitting about two feet from us. She proceeded to feed that dog the whole six-ounce package of cheese. I was trying to explain to her why that's not such a good idea. And there's many reasons. But here's the amazing part. Less than 20 minutes later, the dog threw up all over the place. She started telling me that he throws up every day. I asked her why she thinks he does that. And she told me he has a very delicate system. My next question was, what other things do you feed him? Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. Cheetos, potato chips, egg salad, just about everything she eats. She told me he won't eat his dog food. (laughs) I laugh at it because of the absurdity. You know, the fact is she's taking years off her dog's life. And I politely told her I probably couldn't help her and I left. Some folks get dogs to fill holes in their lives. Maybe they're lonely or they suffered a loss. But it's so important to understand that dogs have needs too. Think of yourself as your dog's teacher and leader. Because your dog needs you to be those two things very, very much. If you have a dog or before you ever go out to get one, spend as much time as you can reading about dog behavior. Learning what it takes for a dog to be mellow, calm, and happy. Well-adjusted. Knowing when your dog is anxious and fearful. And what to do about it. When I was out with my dog two days ago, 
a woman said, that's what I want. I want a big, loyal dog. I smiled and I couldn't help but think to myself, I wonder if she knows what it takes to get one. The knowledge, the time, and the commitment. Does she know about those things and is she prepared for it? All too often, the answer is no. Many, many dog owners don't understand what their dogs are trying to tell them. And they don't know how to teach their dogs. The good news is anybody can learn because there's tons of information available. You just have to go and look for it. If you make the commitment to be a great dog leader, you're going to have a great dog. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline hotline right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 that's 800-475-3351 You're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. This hour in just a few minutes, Jim Foley. He's an inventor and he's invented something for your dog, cat. Well, we'll find out in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Hi, Tracy. How are you? Hello. Nice to talk to you. Well, hi. I'm glad to take your call. What can I do for you? Well, I've got an 11-year-old grandmother, a 6-year-old son, and a 9-month-old granddaughter. Okay. And dogs. What kind and, of dogs? Yes. Uh, what kind? They're Canaan yeah. dogs. They're, um, I'm sorry? They're Canaan dogs, like Israeli herding dogs. Oh, okay. Great. Anyway, so um, they're a little more pack-oriented. Grandma used to be top dog. Uh, the father and daughter get along great. Grandma wants nothing to do with granddaughter. Um, when I'm holding the leash on the granddaughter... She'll let me, you know, get her close and pet both of them, et cetera. If she escapes through the gates and stuff and gets loose, and all she wants to do is get to Grandma. Of course, Grandma wants nothing to do with her. And Grandma mm-hmm. screams and Grandma cries and Grandma growls and tries to discipline her, you know, with her with her mouth, put her down, but she doesn't bite her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're, we make sure that it doesn't happen. But if she, if she walks by and I'm holding the puppy... Grandma just ignores her and walks past. She is not trying to be aggressive. So the question I so have is, is besides besides um, trying to just leash train her, and, it, the puppy's not trained enough to, say, leave her alone. So, I'll, of course, all, gra- all puppy wants to do is go to Grandma and, and be submissive, and Grandma mm-hmm. doesn't want anything to do with her. So how do we get them so that we could actually let them out together, let them in the house together? Uh, you know, without one being on the leash or with puppy being on the leash. Okay. And you said the puppy is nine months old? Nine months. Okay. And what happens when Grandma kind of puts her in her place? What What does the baby do? Uh, baby's just trying to be submissive. She goes down on the ground and tries to go underneath her and, and paws her face a little bit, saying, please, I'm, you know, I don't want to do is be submissive. Uh, okay. Puppy well, that's good. to the other dogs. Yes. Okay. Except we just can't get Grandma to be happy. 
Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like they are putting out the right signals, and we've got to respect that. So if Grandma is saying, hey, leave me alone, little whippersnapper, (laughs) I don't want to play with you right now. And if the puppy is acknowledging that, rolling over, submitting, maybe even urinating, because that's kind of what they do, then the cues are getting there, and we just have to respect that. Now, she doesn't stop. So that's she doesn't back off. She just keeps trying. Ah, okay. Has this has it led to an actual bite or an attack? Uh, no. She well, she you know how they they uh, discipline them by you know mamas grab them by the throat. I mean up the top Mm -hmm. of the neck and push them down. But she hasn't bitten down. She just pulls the mouth open and pushes her down. So she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Just puppy's not responding appropriately and backing off. Okay. Well, the big goal here is, um, you know, with using the leash to control their behavior, you're definitely heading down the right path. So what we have to do is make sure grandma is not getting those bad experiences around this puppy. So if the puppy is coming up to her, jumping on her, and irritating her, then we are setting a bad pattern there because if she doesn't want that level of interaction, we've got to stop that before it happens because we're going to allow that to escalate and make this problem worse. So really what you're doing with keeping the puppy under the leash control and preferably even having someone on the grandma at the same time on a leash control, that way we can control their interactions. And if it starts to get where it's unpleasant, we have to stop, separate the situation. But really for for young pups, you know, we know how they are. They're exuberant. They're, they're all over the place. And for an older dog that doesn't want that, we have to be able to make sure that the exposures are very positive. So grandma gets a lot of love. She gets a lot of reward for just allowing the presence of this other dog in her midst. So we need to make sure that grandma gets all the reassurance she needs, that she's the top dog. Um, she gets maybe a treat, or maybe she's even given something special when the puppy's around. Now, we don't want them fighting over food or anything like that, but we want to make that a good experience to just to allow that puppy in the midst of her. And um, that's how we create positive reinforcement for having that puppy around her. But in the meantime, yes, I would use leashes, and I would make sure that we supervise them. One other thing you can do, and especially with two female dogs, it, it is a, sometimes a really bad combination and dogs don't care that they're related uh, so just the fact that she's her granddaughter doesn't matter one of my colleagues used to say bitch fights are the worst <laughs> and they really they really are it's the the hardest combination of aggression issues to deal with so we really want to nip it in the bud try to stop the pattern before we get there but some of the other things I wanted to mention real quickly was um, to do some leash training. So hopefully if the, the puppy is good enough on a leash, I would say two people walking each dog and doing that at the same time while they're in their presence, it's a good experience for both dogs. And as long as there's no altercation, there's no aggression that's shown, that's one way that we can show them, hey, this is cool. You're both having a good time in each other's presence. And that can be a positive reward as well. So... It's got a lot of work, but uh, it sounds like you have some good ideas there, and I think you just need to really keep up the level of supervision here. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. You've seen Dancing with the Stars. 
How about dancing with a dog? There's a new dance craze sweeping the nation. Dancing with your dog for fun, competition, and exercise, sometimes in coordinated costumes. Videos of this doggy dancing have been popping up on internet sites, while other doggy dancing enthusiasts compete at fairs, horse shows, and rodeos. Colorado will be the site of two competitions held this year by the World Canine Freestyle Organization. Competitors who dance to everything from country to disco say their dogs enjoy it just as much as they do. So don't get left behind. Put on some music and start doggy dancing. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline line right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 that's 800-475-3351 How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the Rx Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. This is Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. If you own a cat, uh, you might know this. Some people apparently think the back of a cat's head smells wonderful. Uh, But for some reason, I have failed to notice this. However, one Japanese company researched that scent, recreated it, and they're now bottling and selling it. Okay, obviously not Every single cat in the world is going to smell good. But according to the creator of this scent, in Japan, this scent thing is quite common. And many Japanese cat owners describe the scent of the back of a cat's head as everything from the smell of sunshine to the sweet scent of baked bread. So the head of Yamamoto Perfumery, Mr. Yamamoto himself, spent four months doing research sniffing many cats' heads. Of course, it took four months and a lot of cat sniffing to replicate this smell, but they have done it. And the result is fluffy brow scented fabric water. 
It's big in Japan. It can be sprayed on fabrics or anything, in fact, to give it a lovely cat head smell. A bottle will sell for 1,200 yen or about 10 bucks a bottle. A woman in California has 1,000 cats, but before you get all upset, she is not a hoarder. She runs Cat House on the Kings, which happens to be the largest cat sanctuary in the state. It all started back when she volunteered to bottle feed kittens for a rescue. That was about 25 years ago. She had her own home and then quickly found her purpose in life and then went about creating this no-kill shelter to provide all cats with a safe place to live. Cats are allowed there to roam peacefully among each other. That's a 12-acre property, which is a sort of feline paradise you have to admit. Facilities include a kitten quarantine building, ICU, a hospital room, and a retirement room for senior cats. So you got to wonder, what does it cost to keep a thousand cats? Well, they say yearly expenses are about $1.6 million, but all of those funds roll in from donations. Today, Cat House on the Kings has 45 paid personnel who help to care for the cats and maintain the property, including a full-time veterinarian and seven vet techs who are all part of the team. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Vinny Penn, party animal, coming at you with another party animal installment. I've got two words for you. Two words that women cannot resist. Vinnie Penn. <laughs> they can resist that, believe me. Those words are the litter. If a girl hears that someone, a co-worker, someone has a cat, and the cat just had, had a bunch of kittens, and there's a litter, or a dog had a bunch of puppies, and there's a litter, they get magical. The litter? Are, are they all claimed? Are they all... T- I mean, I have seven animals of my own in an apartment that doesn't allow animals, but you just said the words, the litter. And are, if there were nine kittens, they'll immediately think, are eight of them one color, but the ninth another color? Because the one that is a different color than all the others, that's the one that I want. What is it about the words, the litter? That light women, it lights them up more than donuts in the coffee room at work. Donuts in the conference room does nothing to the working woman as much as the words, the litter. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Radio, time to hang out with Doc Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation. How you doing, Doc? I'm great, Hal. How are you? We're so blessed to have this great weather here. And yes. uh, across the country right now, in some places, it's freezing cold. And uh, yes. you're here today with cold weather tips. At least that's what it says up on the big grease board there. Yes. What should we be looking out for? Well, first and foremost, I don't think people realize dogs and cats can get frostbite and hypothermia and they can die. Just like humans. Just like humans. So if it's too cold for you, it's too cold for your cat or dog. So, yes, you got to bring them inside. 
Um, and if it all, you know, worst case scenario, they, they have to be outside. Um, they've, it's gotta be a warm, insulated pet house that's elevated off the ground so the moisture doesn't accumulate in the bedding because if that gets moist, that can set up an infection. And, um, and then the winds too, it has to be where there's a door because the winds will come in and make them very cold. Well, and, here's and what like I'm I thinking. Said. If you're listening to animal radio right now, you love your pets so much that they're not out in a doghouse. They're no. inside anyway, right? Hopefully not. Yes. I mean, they need to be inside. And That's what I would think, think. Right? I mean, yeah, but I, you'd I, be I, amazed. I don't like that. Listen, if your dog is outside, turn off the radio, cause, uh, and, 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 yeah. and until your pet comes in the house, then you can start listening again. <laughs> Sanctions. The other thing, too, people don't realize, don't use a metal bowl that's outside. Oh, yeah. Because their tongues will get frozen to, stuck to the bowl. Oh. They, I've seen it. Don't let them lick a metal pole or anything like that. <laughs> Um, same thing. The other big, big thing we see is with kitties, they will climb into the vehicle oh, yeah. engine. Oh, yeah. And yeah. every year someone starts the car. Yeah. So all you have to do is knock on the top of the, you know, roof of the, um, hood. I'm sorry. Just pound on the hood or honk the horn. That's what I do. And, and the cats will run out. Um, the other big thing we see every year is, antifreeze poisoning still still because it just it's a it's a sweet tasting liquid and what happens is a lot of people don't realize that they have a leak in their radiator and that uh, antifreeze will puddle on the ground and you drive off and it takes such a small amount one and a half teaspoons for a 10 pound cat one and a half tablespoons for a dog, it will literally kill them within six hours. Now, isn't there an antifreeze that is supposed to be pet friendly? There are. There are certain antifreezes that are pet friendly. Um, there's ones that they make bad tasting because the problem is the traditional one is sweet tasting and they'll just go yeah. right over and lick it. Dogs like that. I bet cats don't like it as much because cats... Don't no, have, cats... I thought they didn't have sweet that. receptors. Yeah, but you know what? There's something about it where they will, if they're thirsty and they see a puddle, oh, yeah. they'll look at Because I have treated antifreeze point poisoning in California. Yeah. Wow. Really? And I have... Yes, I have. I mean, if you get them in right away, the problem is they die. It just destroys their kidneys. Oh, okay. So if you even suspect that your cat or dog or flamingo or ferret has gotten into the antifreeze, get them to the vet. Yes, because we can save them. We do have something that will bind it up and save them. And then, Joey, you know, what do you guys use on the roadways to... Uh, Salt. Yeah, and then chemicals, too, right? Yeah. And no, so they, what'll I mean, not that I know of. I think I think in New Jersey they only use... I could be wrong now because I'm not a highway guy, but um, I think it's just salt or sand um, yeah. that they use. Well, I know when I went to Oregon for Thanksgiving, there was a chemical because it was discoloring yeah. the, the... Oh, that pig it was stuff. Like a, yes, and so what happens with cats and dogs, especially dogs, if you've been walking them, they'll lick their paws when they come inside, mm. and they will get sick from that. It's toxic to pets. Okay. I do believe that there is a also a pet-friendly de-icer made by the people, the salt people, Morton, I believe. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. right. I've seen that, that in the store, actually. So, yes, you are very correct. What else? The other thing is they'll get these um, snowballs in their pads, 
uh, it's just oh. kind of like, um, you know, bundles up into like a little Impacted ice ball. Snows, yeah. I've seen yes. pictures of dogs standing there with the snowballs all over their bellies. Yeah. So, you know, it's good if you have a little jacket for them. If they'll wear booties, that's good. And, um, you know, try to just use common sense when you're going outside because it's a hazard and they might walk on a lake that looks like it's frozen over and they fall right in. Every year there's rescues for animals. But first and foremost, you know, think about how you would feel because they, they kind of are along our lines as far as the temperature goes. And then when you're keeping them inside... Even though it is warmer inside, it does bring out arthritis, the cold weather. So make sure that you have padded beds, blankets for them to lie on instead of the cold floor or tile. I notice my cat eats a little more during the winter. Is that okay? Yes. And their metabolism goes up just like ours. So yes, they will need to consume uh, probably 25% more calories in the winter. I thought it was the opposite because I thought in summer they're they're more active so they need more calories. In winter they're kind of sedentary so they need less. No, well it depends on if they're going outside. So if a dog's going outside in the cold, they're burning a lot of calories trying to keep their body warm. Right. Now if you have a couch potato dog that does wee-wee pads and doesn't go outside at all, yes, Judy. then don't feed them more. Oh, thank you, because I was going to give them more. Do you, do you have a couch potato dog? <laughs> but yes, and she uses wee-wee pads. Yeah. Okay, so I, see, she probably wouldn't need any more. Okay. Has Ladybug, her feet ever touched the ground? Ladybug. <laughs> Doc Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation. Check out the site at lucypetfoundation.org. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. (laughs) If it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book, no matter what genre. Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. You're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. We're going to Stacy. Hey, Stacy. I have two dogs. Both were um, pound puppies, if you will. One, the younger one, who is six, um, from time to time attacks the older one, who is ten, both male, for no apparent reason that I can determine. And the attacker um, has been to a behaviorist, and there was nothing to be found. I don't want to give up either one of them because I love them dearly. So I've chosen to keep them completely separated since the last attack two weeks ago. 
and I don't know if that's what I should be doing or if there's something more I can do. So when you say the attacks, what what's exactly happening? Are we getting to where there's bite wounds and someone's getting injured yeah. in the process? Absolutely. Okay. You said that you can't really identify immediately before these attacks occur. We'd have to, like, rewind the memory banks and look. Mm-hmm. Is there anything going on, any food, items? Are you in the room? Um, is there a dog bed around? All those kind of things that we'd be looking at, something that might potentially be triggering um, right. the behavior. Nothing, honestly, that I can think of. The last one, two weeks ago, they were both outside doing their morning business. Um, the older one was sitting, was kind of standing by me. The younger attacker one was over by the wall doing his business. I looked at him, and I just instantly knew that he was going to attack. I couldn't figure out why, but I instantly knew. So I mm-hmm. jumped and basically caught him and was able to pull him off, and I put him in a headlock for 10 minutes until he calmed down. Wow. That's the only time I've been able to prevent it. Every other okay. time, they just go at it, and I can't do anything. So each time it's happening, you are you are present then? Well, as far as I know, each time it's happened, I've been present. I don't think it's ever happened when I've not been there. Okay, because that's a very important piece of information here is because mm-hmm. if if we believe uh, with, with good reason, you know, that you're not coming home to find blood spots or, you know, evidence that there's been a battle when you've not right. been around, you are a resource, and, and dogs can compete for just about anything that's perceived as a resource in their environment, whether it is a food, toys, um, favored bed, um, but the human in the home is probably the biggest and the most important resource in their world because you brought you bring all things good. You bring the food, you bring the love and the attention. So that can even that very subtle thing of you being present during that that might be something that can potentially be triggering this. It doesn't make it easier because um, you know that is the heart of uh, dealing with interdog aggression is trying to figure out what's triggering this. What is actually the inciting cause? If we're led to believe that you are the resource, then that becomes a big challenge that we have to make that a non-competition issue. And you said that you have both male dogs, correctly? Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't know that you're not supposed to do two of the same sex until after, because I just saved the dog. It was unusual circumstances. So, yes, yeah, they're and, both male. And actually, two male dogs generally do better than two female dogs. So anybody who's listening, oh. we generally don't recommend the two female dogs together. Oh. And they are both neutered, I'm assuming, correct? They are. They are. Good, good. Uh-huh. Well, some of the big things that, because you do have an older dog, that kind of throws in another whole variable. And there are instances of aggression when we have an older pet. And sometimes that can be due to some changes within the dog hierarchy in the house. So, you know, maybe we're not moving as well. Maybe we've got some low-grade problems, some arthritis. There could be some perception by the younger dog that, hey, you're not the top packed dog anymore, um, and I'm going to move in. And um, mom's here. I want her attention, so I'm going to fight for that attention right now. That's very possible. the one thing I would encourage you is your older pet, just to make sure, see the vet, make sure everything is okay, that we don't have anything that we need to be addressing as far as any chronic pain, um, anything that could be affecting the way your older pet is getting around in the home, because that can be really difficult if we have an older pet that's just, uh, it's kind of the survival of the fittest, and, and it is the animals in their wild kingdom, um, so that can be a real challenge. So. You are somewhat right in doing the separation option because we do need constant supervision when these guys are together. 
The other thing that can be helpful is if we get somebody else to help you with some guided training. So you did say you had a behaviorist, and if we could focus on um, different situations where the dogs might want to be competing for your attention, whether it is um, coming into the home, uh, getting love, affection around the house, or even just as simple as you come in the door and you look at them. Um, if we can have a family member or a friend work with you to practice some of the basic obedience commands with both dogs and set up a structure of practicing the sit, the stay, so that we can make sure that there's not a lot of anxiety about your comings and goings so that they have practice calm behaviors and they're rewarded for that um, because we don't want to have an instance where the dogs are kind of getting all excited and one's bumping or pushing and you are being guarded or you're being the resource that we're being protected. So that takes some work. So in the meantime, separation, observation when they are together, and then working on some of those basic training commands, preferably with a leash so that we can control the situation without getting your hands in the way. Because I, I admire you for the headlock, but it really, I mean, you can get injured in this because you oh, could be I the displaced, uh, uh, know. you know, and I didn't think of that until afterwards, and I thought, God, that was so dangerous. But I was so wanting to save the older dog because he just gets beat up for no reason. And then I'd say probably one final thing in close for breaking up a fight in your situation. Rather than the physical contact, I would use either the, the loud horns you can slam a door, drop something, make a loud noise. If you're outside, water works wonderfully to break that up. But anything that creates a loud disturbance will help to distract them. So I would lean towards that first. Okay, so just get work on the obedience and, and keep them separated. But when I do get them together, put them on a leash so I can be watching them both carefully. Yes, and we want to have make sure we have another person to be working with you. So if you have the ability to get either that trainer or another one working with you, a lot can be learned from someone on the ground watching how the dogs are interacting. So um, if you haven't had great success with the uh, one behaviorist, we might want to get another one for you. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate your time. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour, we're going to be talking to Dr. Nicholas Dodman. The topic kind of strange can your pet commit suicide and i gotta admit it wasn't until today i had even really pondered that thought but uh he apparently is going to incite us enlighten us and let us know whether or not our pets can commit suicide apparently there's been several case studies of actual animals they believe have done this so Hmm. we'll find out more in just a few minutes let's go to the phones for your calls first Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download that puppy now because it is free and made free to you. That's not why you would want to download it because it's free. It's just really a good app. (laughs) That's why you'd want to download it. Free helps. Free free helps. (laughs) Last hour, we found that, uh, what, these Chinese are bottling the uh, 
the scent of a cat. I'm good with smells, but I I don't think I have that in my repertoire. <laughs> I don't know what cat head smells like. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I guess I'm the only one here that uh, if you're out there and you, you know that cats smell good and they, their their head smells good, call me so I don't seem like the crazy one here. But they're just like kids. <laughs> it's just their head. I don't get that. I mean, like if a cat it's, smells, it's good, the back the of their cat? head. Well, I'm sure there's some sort of gland or pheromone or something. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know that I've gotten my nose over a cat and thought, oh, the back of the head, oh, that's where it really <laughs> smells. No, <laughs> I'm going to have to try it. I've got a couple cats in the office today, so I may uh, put the sniff you test. You see, away. I can tell the difference between my cats, too, by their smell, which I know oh, some, some parent moms can do, do that, too. <laughs> you just cultivated sense of smell there. <laughs> No, they smell good. Hold on a second. We have uh, Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing? Doing great, thank you. Do you have a cat? <clears throat> well, we call it a community cat. Oh, do you do you smell the cat's head ever? Not really. She's not, <laughs> not uh, friendly. <laughs> well, what's going on with your animals? How can we help you today, okay, the whole well, team? Um, that's, like I said, community cat. Uh, she, I think she was feral or stray or whatever, and she came here, and a cat lady who had cats adopted her, had her spayed and chipped and all that stuff, but she didn't, she still remains outdoors and and doesn't come in. However, it's been quite cold, even in Florida, like 30s in the night, and I, I wanted to bring her in. She has another family across the street, and they've built this little kind of a enclosure for her. But she, but she still, she followed me for where I used to live, just around the corner, and she kind of bonded. But what I want to know is, when she spent the night with me at about 4 a.m., she, she kept going to the door and coming to me and going to the door, and, and I finally got it that she wanted to go out, and I let her. But the thing is that I don't mind her waking me up, but it's just so cold out there, and I was wondering if there's any way if I could have a litter box inside, how I could, I tried it about a year ago to kind of put a pause in and sort of dig and then, but she just, she kind of gave me that dirty look and ran away. Oh. Uh, well, we can teach cats, um, outdoor cats to use litter boxes, but it, it, it varies in how successful we are with that. And uh, the first thing I always tell folks to do is to really look at the environment that the outdoor cat is living in and where are they toileting at that particular time are they going in dirt are they going in sand because that's going to be the substrate in most cases that they're going to be most drawn to so unless you provide that kind of litter box Uh, substrate it may not seem like it's anything cool to her so some cats you can if you just take a cat and they become an indoor cat and they don't have access to outside they will use what is provided Um, but that might mean that you you know don't let her outside for more periods of time so what I usually do in these situations, if the kitty goes in and out, um, is that you want to provide a couple different options. Um, but I usually start with, say, if they're used to going in dirt, you know, might put some mulch um, in the litter pan. And okay, maybe just a little... Has, I've seen her go. She is, she's primarily on the grass or, or dirt. 
Okay. And our yeah, so. mulch is uh, not healthy because it's dyed, you know, to make it that pretty orange, and it's got pesticides. And so I'm glad that she doesn't go in the mulch around yeah. the shrubs. Yeah, or, I mean, you can use topsoil as well. So okay. you can use those kind of things and, and make your own little litter box in the house. And then, um, you know, sometimes even just trying some other things, like some of the different corn cob litter, sometimes that's a texture that cats kind of f- find appealing. But the idea is you start with what they know, add a little bit of the cat litter to it, and then just gradually try to build up a greater, greater proportion of actually a standard cat litter that you can use reliably in the house and not have to go digging up dirt in the winter outside. But that would, that would be definitely what, what I would do. And then making sure you do, you know, use a couple locations of those boxes. So, you know, put one in one area, generally low traffic, um, you know, where we won't be too stressed. And uh, a lot of times using pheromones um, by either the sprays or diffuser in the home can kind of help those outdoor cats to feel a bit more at ease about the litter box environment and using that. Um, Some other tricks, kind of gross, but you can find some cat excrement out in your yard and actually put it in the litter box and it kind of scent marks it. And that can be one way to also kind of give the kitty an idea that this is where you want them to go. Well, here's the thing that's perplexing is, uh, forgive me for calling her the cat lady, but she had three indoor cats that never went out. And they used a litter box, and Mm -hmm. when when she had her spade, she had her indoors for about a week, you know, just to kind of for her recovery. And Uh she was coexisting with the other cats, and they were using the litter box, and she was uh, meowing at the door. (laughs) Yes, well, because... them, You know, do their business, and she didn't want any part of it. Oh, so she wasn't using the box in that situation? No, never. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, and that's also a very stressful thing to go through. You know, we're having a major surgery, a cat that lives primarily outside is indoor, you're around all these other cat personalities. That can be a bit overwhelming. Oh, um, but, so. but, but then subsequently she still stayed with the cat lady and the other cats in terms of stayed. She, that would be her base. She would go back at exactly. night and sleep inside and leave at 4 a.m. Uh, that's right. Night for four years. So it wasn't exactly a one-night stand. <laughs> I like the way you put that. But, you know, that's on a cat's terms. You know, if you forcibly keep an outdoor in an outdoor cat indoors, it doesn't always go so well. Um, but, but this cat sounds like she kind of had her own terms. She came and went as she wanted, and that was just fine with her. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I love your show. It's just so informative and, and so, oh. you know, just diverse because of all the different animals and birds and so on. God bless you for all you do. I just find it so interesting. Oh, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Hi, Michelle. Hi there. How are your pets today? I got Dr. Debbie right here. Um, the only the issue I'm having, we have a lot of them. We have six dogs. We foster a lot. And our latest foster that has come in, she eats everything, not everything, but like she's devoured a half of a rug and swallows it. She doesn't just chew it and throw it out. And wow. one night, she regurgitated two huge piles of foam rubber. Yeah. She evidently got a huge piece of foam rubber, and it was not even, you know, it was like she ripped and swallowed. It was in whole pieces. Okay, will, wow. Um, any hard rubber toy, she'll eat it and swallow it. So the only thing I'm allowing her to have right now are mylar bones. Okay, and what does she do with those? Oh, she just chews on like the other dogs. Okay, so she doesn't actually ingest pieces of that then? Well, you know, I'm sure she does, but it takes a long time to get a little piece off of it. I'm afraid she's going to have an obstruction or something one day. Yeah. How long has she been with you? She's probably been with us maybe, um, maybe a month. 
And what kind of dog she's is she? A, uh, she's a part husky, and she also is obsessive with licking. Licking uh, herself or licking other things uh, in her uh, environment? Uh, me, me, my husband, just <laughs> the hands, the legs, the clothes, everything. Lick, 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 lick. You know, I don't oh, know if yes. it or not. So this gal, she's got a high oral fixation. So she definitely, and, and huskies have a lot of energy. So we have a couple things that I would really direct you worth working on her. Um, one is that um, getting her as tired as possible. An exhausted, physically exerted dog is less apt to look to um, behavior issues. Um, they're not as bored. Um, so I really try to get dogs that do this into some very strenuous physical activity um, playing ball. Um, you know, some dogs do wonderful going to doggy daycare where they interact and run with the dogs all day. Frisbee, something where we actually get her and try to just exhaust her. Um, because then you may not have that same desire to go looking around the environment and picking up and chewing on things. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever catch her actually in the act of yeah. chewing on things? Yes. Yeah, and I tell her okay. no with the rug. The rug especially. Well, I think one big thing then, and it's probably very apparent, is that um, to keep her physically um, blocked off from that area. Because um, the more that she has that access and chews on that thing, that creates a sense of a positive reinforcement. She's finding some pleasure in that, uh, whether it's the pleasure of tearing and feeling that on her teeth or if it's just the sense of you catching her and then you yell at her and then she gets some attention in that way. So um, we need to make sure that we don't give her that access and that we don't inadvertently, by yelling at her, make this a a greater problem and compound that further. Um, And then... You have the right idea with the bones, with the mylar bones. Um, and I would definitely look at, you know, some of the other types of, uh, I'm a fan of uh, the compressed rawhides. Um, they're not, you know, they'll, they'll eat them, but uh, they do last a long time. And especially a dog that has got a, a huge desire to chew gives them an outlet. Um, I always do that supervised, uh, you know, where your, your eye can kind of watch and make sure when it gets down to smaller pieces that you can take that away from them. Those are going to be the strategies that I'd really look at is keeping the access down, getting her physically tired and exhausted and then giving her that positive direction of what she can chew on um, and seeing if that can kind of tie things together and then hopefully with a little bit of time and acclimating into the home she'll follow suit with the other um, pets and uh, you know find a nice routine Um, but you definitely need to nip this in the bud now good luck with things i hope things turn around and uh, if you have a question give us a call here at animal radio don't forget you can get your fix of animal radio anytime you want with the animal radio app for iphone and android it's made possible by fear free happy homes Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline 
hotline right now, we guarantee you're going to love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us. But you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now. 800-475-3351. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We hope wherever you are that you're staying warm and comfy today. And also your pets, your animals, they're all comfy and warm inside too. And we're going to head back to the phones in just a second. But first, let's find out what's coming up in the news. I'm going to share with you guys, this is like the cutest cat and dog pair on social media. Um, (laughs) A kitten that was raised by a dog. And oh, my gosh, it's just a a wonderful story. And uh, we'll tell you where you can follow them coming up. Okay, that's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Hi, Jeremy. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you guys doing today? Good. Where are you? I am in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, nice place. Well, you're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful today. What do you got going on with you? Uh, Well, my dog, Nitro, I found him as a stray at the drag strip. That's how I got his name. (laughs) But um, he is a Border Collie mix. And what my issue is with him, he's a spinner. And we don't know if it's because he needs something to do at the house, you know, as far as the job goes, or if he's just got some kind of neurotic issues that we need to take care of. (laughs) <laughs> so when you say spinning, we're not talking he's not going to a biking class. He's actually, like, going in circles then. I thought oh, it was he, like I'm one of the Motown spinners. Yeah, but okay, yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> no, um, actually, you know, he can do it on command. If I say the word go, it's, you know, he starts spinning. Sometimes it's a funny trick, but, you know, I don't know. Wow. You know, we're, we're trying to get him to stop, but yet, you know, we find it amusing too, so we don't. But on the other hand... <laughs> Um, the hair dryer, the lawnmower, the weed blower, you know, the snap of my laptop closing sends him into circles. And it's not like he's mm. chasing his tail. And um, I don't know if it's some kind of mental issue he's got because he's, you know, should have a working dog. Mm-hmm. Or if, if it's just something else I need to look into. Yeah. And, you know, we do see a lot of different of, of the collie breeds that can have some of these almost obsessive spinning behaviors. And it's something that, yes, they will do very commonly as part of an anxiety kind of component. Now, there can be some weird medical things that can cause that. Um, so there's a remote possibility we could be dealing with something like um, a hydrocephalus or lead poisoning or some other type of brain disease that could cause that. But uh-huh. especially if it's a situational trigger that are things that are, you know, either upsetting to him or that make him react, um, then I would say very likely we would want to address the behavioral part of it. And you kind of hit upon one big thing is that, you know, with these guys that have some of these anxiety problems, I like to get them a job, <laughs> get them something right. to do, physical well, activity. Another, another thing we do, we've got a, um actual public dog park here in Chattanooga, and mm-hmm. we'll take him down there. And if there's like a whole lot of dogs, you know, about 10 or 15, he runs the whole perimeter of the dog park until he gets them all within a five, maybe five or six foot radius circle, and he just keeps running around, making sure nobody gets out of the back. So, so he's hurting them. <laughs> that's exactly. I mean, so we know his job there. And also, um, we've got him on puppy Prozac. 
Mm. You do. Okay. Yes. And was that intended for this purpose, uh, for the circling? I do think so. Okay. So you've already kind of worked with your veterinarian on this, and they prescribed that then? Yes. I mean, sometimes it calms him down, and, you know, sometimes he's just got to go, got to go. Hyper pursuit mode. It's crazy. And I'd say it's really important when we're using a behavioral medicine for some of these anxiety-driven problems that we also work on the behaviors. So if you're kind of uh, encouraging these behaviors, giving him positive reinforcement in any way of, you know, talking to him, you know, laughing with him when he's doing it, that is actually counterproductive to that drug therapy. So it's really important that we stop that and that we focus on practicing calm behaviors. So kind of the basis always falls back to behavior training, and that would be practicing sit-stay downs and, and having him hold those positions for gradually longer periods of time because that's kind of a uh, practices the calm behavior and it also gives him some duration so he kind of focuses on something and it's kind of like a kid with ADD you know we've got to kind of keep his attention at you and what you're asking him to do and not how he wants to react to some of these other right. things and then then when he's faced with um, that loud noise um, you know the laptop closing whatever it might be then we can practice those sit sit down behaviors and try to direct his attention to that and not to his coping mechanism which is the spinning kind of thing so I would definitely work on that and the Prozac um, if you're using that are you using that consistently yes we give it to him um, in the afternoon when we give him his afternoon meal and um, that way it keeps him calm through the night and then he stays you know we put both our dogs in a crate while we're going to work during the day Okay. So we've got him crate trained. I can tell him go get in his box. And he knows exactly where to go. And Good. we've also we've also got another dog. She's a border collie Australian Shepherd mix, and she's well behaved. I mean, we got her the canine good citizen training as a pup, and done some obedience training with her, so she's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And Nitro, the border collie or the Sheltie mix, he's a good dog too, minus the fact with his spinning obsession. Yeah. Well, I keep up with the, you know, the behavioral meds because I think that can really help. And in some pets, I'll also add in something else if they're faced with really bad situations. Like if you know that there's going to be a lot of people around, things that might get him going. Um, I'll, t- I'll touch him up with something like Alprazolam, which is kind of in the Valium family. And we can use those for individual situations on top of the Prozac if necessary. Um, okay. goal is to try to help him not make him a drugged out dog. Um, but, uh, I think you're, you're You've got a lot of the the right ideas. Um, Just make sure the whole household is on game with that. And um, a lot of these spinners, as we call them, we may not be able to cure them of that. We may still have some of that residual spinning. So there's a certain level that you kind of live with. um, And we just try to decrease their anxiety, help them become more focused, you know, a more relaxed pet and, um, you know, better family member there. So... Hope that's of some help for you there. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello. 
would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline right now. We guarantee you're going to love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us. But you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now. 800-475-3351. That's 800-475-3351. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. While many states mandate that pets are not allowed to be kept outdoors in extreme weather for extended periods of time without insulated housing and such, others barely consider hypothermic deaths to be animal cruelty. You know, all states are different and the laws vary. Fortunately, some states and local governments are now enforcing harsher punishments for people who allow their pets to be outside in weather extremes like that blizzard last month on the East Coast. So talk about perfect timing. Montgomery County in Maryland just recently has taken measures to ensure that dogs specifically would not be forced to endure the winter tied up outside. The county's animal division services says a person must not tether a dog under circumstances that endanger its health, safety, or well-being, including unattended tethering of a dog during a weather emergency, such as that blizzard, which dumped more than three feet of snow in many parts of the county. If you haven't met or seen Rosie, this adorable kitten who thinks she's a husky, it's something you should do if you need a smile on your face today, because this kitten is adorable. She is only, well, she was only three weeks old when she was found on the street, all alone, unresponsive even, and then she was luckily nursed back to a healthy life by Lilo. Lilo is a husky. So now Rosie is fully grown and enjoying lots of adventures with a trio of huskies who have taken her in as part of their pack. And Rosie now, she thinks she is a husky. Rosie's adopted mom, Lilo, is the leader of that pack. So the two other dogs didn't really question accepting the kitten as part of their family because, you know, it was Lilo's favorite. Now Rosie goes potty with the dogs outside. She walks on a leash with the dogs and basically goes everywhere these three Huskies go. The pictures are priceless. You can follow their adventures on Facebook or Instagram at Lilo the Husky. That's Lilo the Husky. One word, no spaces. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Morgan reminding you to please spay or neuter your pets. Animal Radio. I only wish you could hear the conversation that goes on between the commercials here in the studio. And, you know, Dr. Debbie, she's a strange type. She loves the uh, smells that are involved with the veterinary world as well as uh, just all the stuff that just makes up the veterinary world. Somewhat bizarre. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Many of us probably feel this way. We wanted to be a veterinarian, but then we realized that we'd have to take care of sick animals. And and that yeah, that does come along with a job. (laughs) We'd have to see blood, but uh, you thrive on that. 
you like seeing these odd cases, and you had a uh, weird one this morning. What was it? Uh, what kind of dog? It, it was a basset hound basset who hound, met okay. up with a cactus. Yes. So, a good story in the end. Uh, everything came out fine. Which but, is yeah. good. Is he here on the phones? Yes, Okay, he this is. is a very interesting topic. We started talking about this earlier in the show today, and it's the first time that I've really even thought of this. Can your pets commit suicide? I, I think it's intriguing, and I haven't heard of some of these specific stories, but I think a lot of times as veterinarians, we're told not to anthropomorphize, so I think a lot of us are trained out of this kind of thought and even thinking that direction. We welcome to the show Dr. Nicholas Dodman. Welcome back. How are you doing, Doc? I'm good, thanks. The topic quite pr- provocative. Tell us, can your pet commit suicide? Well, um, I think the answer to that is no, just to be clear. Um, I do sometimes hear accounts uh, there was one story a long time ago where somebody said that their dog committed suicide in downtown Manhattan and asked what had gone on. And they said, well, we were going down the stairs and suddenly he turned around. He fled up two or three flights of stairs to the top, got through an open door and then threw himself off the top of the high rise. Wow. But when I got into asking the details, it turns out the dog was noise phobic. Ah. Um, the dog happened to be on Prozac at the time. So they blamed the Prozac for causing suicidal ideation. Mm. Um, but that he was on a flexi lead and he was noise phobic and the man dropped the flexi lead and it went bouncing down the stairs making a clatter oh. right behind the dog who for some reason turned around and fled but of course this thing is now chasing him because it's attached oh, to him yes. and he just kept running is it possible that the that animals can have the same mental illnesses that humans have absolutely yeah we've um, identified over the course of the last uh, quarter century or so you know, dogs with obsessive compulsive disorder, dogs with other anxiety related behaviors like um, generalized anxiety, which is a human psychiatric illness. We've uh, recently described dogs that have autism, um, where you can actually measure things in the blood, so called biomarkers, that are exactly the same as in autistic children, and they have you know, exactly the same uh, sex predilection, which is mainly affecting males, and they engage in the same behaviors, even have seizures sometimes associated. Um, We've identified PTSD in dogs. I mean, identified that long before the military finally caught caught on and uh, now um, acknowledges that there is a canine form of PTSD. Well, that Um, begs a question then, why could they not have depression and commit suicide? Oh, they do have depression. I mean, but there's there's depression and depression. First of all, there's a, a state of depression which dogs go into that when they are bereaved um, of a loved one that could be another very closely bonded dog or um, a loving owner to whom they're very attached, they can go into an extreme funk with all of the signs appearing very similar to people with depression. Life is gray, they have no interest in it, they don't want to play, they don't want to socialize, they just sit around or sleep a lot of the time, maybe stop eating, I mean, we've had cats do that in situations of bereavement. And when cats stop eating, they can get a fatal liver disease called hepatic lipidosis. We've had them in here being treated for that, and then I have to treat them for the depression. But the difference is that is a state of depression. And when you talk about depression in people, we, we all know that you know if a loved one dies, you're depressed and down and blue, and you usually get over it. But there are some people who just sort of spontaneously get into depression and then bounce back out, sometimes becoming manic, and then depressed again. So they have a trait which is different from the state. We have not really 
identified. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but no one's really described well trait aggression. Um, if it did occur in a dog, it'd be one with a pessimistic personality and outlook. And that has been shown that some dogs seem to behave in a pessimistic way, whereas others, like human beings, can be kind of optimistic about life, that every day is the best day in the rest of their life. Well, how do you explain, uh, like, this one story about a female gazelle that died and its mate struck its head against a wall and he fell dead at her side? Or these dogs that are, they said they are committing suicide at this bridge in Scotland. Over a dozen dogs are jumping off this bridge to their death. Well, there could be another explanation because, um, you know, it, it could be that there's something. First of all, the bridge is not properly secured. I mean, even for humans, uh, you know, tall bridges where lots of people jump have, you know, netting on either side, you know, tall uh, fences to stop people from doing that. Um, but if this bridge has, you know, improperly secured edges, and, you know, think about it, if there was a wall, um, you know, four feet high, um, a chihuahua certainly couldn't commit suicide uh, off that, you know, maybe some tall athletic dog. But, you know, you can't see what's on the other side. But I'm imagining this bridge is fairly open, and it may be that there's lots of birds go flying by, that it's a, you know, a rookery or some such, or, and, and they go chasing and uh, following, and they'll, they'll pursue it to the point of falling off the bridge, and then someone goes, hey, ten dogs have done this. I wonder if this is a suicide bridge. But you know, I can't imagine them really... I don't think they even really understand... I think they know that they're an entity. Uh, they, have, they know that they are themselves and that other dogs and other people are different. Some people don't believe that. That's actually quite a jump in intelligence. But to know that you're yourself and you want to end life means you know that it began and you know that it's going to end. And I don't think they have that. Dr. Nicholas Dodman joining us, a professor and program director at the Animal Behavior Department of Clinical Sciences at Tufts University School of Veterinary Medicine. There's a link. I will uh, put it up at the website for you at animalradio.com if you want to learn a little more about what Dr. Dodman is doing. And we look forward to talking to you once again. All right. That sounds great. That's a deal. All right, it's Vinny Penn coming at you with another Party Animal segment on Animal Radio. Uh, I got to tell you something. I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, so I'm not going to mention any names. But the other day I was over a friend of mine's house who's got this great dog. And I was there for a while, and I noticed that the house was very quiet. And I, I noticed something was off. Let me just put it that way. It was about three degrees out. So finally, after being there for about 20 minutes, it, it dawned on me. I'm like, hey, the dog, man, you know, where's your dog? And he's like, oh, he's outside. He was driving me crazy. Just put the dog outside. And I couldn't believe it. I said, dude, it's like three degrees out. I mean, we're breaking records here. I mean, you're looking at the map on Good Morning America. It's a sh- the whole country, the whole right side of the map, the shade of blue I've never seen before. You're putting your dog outside. And he points to the doghouse. And I know that, you know, dogs stayed out back in the old days, like a little house on the prairie and whatnot. But, but this doghouse was like a HUD doghouse. I mean, it was condemned. Seriously. There was like police tape around it. Uh, and thanks to me, I got the dog back in the house. And then we just got off into some tangent where he's complaining about his marriage and this and that. And, oh, my, you know, we haven't been getting along. You know, we haven't been intimate in months. The dog's always running the room, this and that. You know, I can't take it anymore. I want to have some set. And I'm thinking, well, good. Part of you is blue, too. Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio.
How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Dogs or cats, horse or emu. An Australian man was recently caught hiding three geckos in his socks. Police found the little lizards hidden in the man's socks during a routine search of his car and alerted wildlife authorities. It's believed the man caught the geckos, which were a protected species in the wild, with hopes of selling the popular little lizards on the black market. The alleged smuggler had hidden a marble velvet gecko, an eastern spiny-tailed gecko, and a three-spot knob-tailed gecko. A wildlife officer explained that taking an animal out of the wild affects both the local populations from which they're taken, but also can spread disease to other reptile communities. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Let's uh, head to Nancy. Hey, Nancy, how are you doing? Hi, it's cold here. It's cold air. Where, where are you? Reading, Pennsylvania. It's not as cold as it is where you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we're going to send some warmth your way. Thank you. What's going on? How can we help? On Saturday uh, on the WU in Reading, I heard you... Uh, say a word which I'm familiar with, colloidal silver, C-O-L-L-O-I-D-A-L. Um, yeah. Is that in products for cats and dogs that you know of? Well, colloidal silver, um, it, it, it's a remedy that's been around for eons that people used to use um, as a kind of a cure-all. Um, so it does have antimicrobial properties, antifungal properties. Um, the thing that you, you need to know is that it, it is out there on the market as a supplement, um, as a dietary supplement in the holistic markets. It is actually over the counter. It is not, it's banned by the FDA for use in um, products, partly because of the, the concerns of safety. Um, Cause we have to remember silver is not an essential mineral. It, it's actually a heavy metal and it has the potential to cause toxic effects. Um, so for those that use it, um, they purport that the benefits um, outweigh the risks. Um, so for dogs and cats, um, I am not a fan. I have a, a client that insists upon using it orally for his animals, and I, I, I caution him heavily about that because there certainly are you know concerns and implications with things like liver disease, seizures, uh, kidney problems, things of that nature. Well, um, I thought you had said to one of the uh, ladies, persons that called in, I can't remember if it was a man or a woman, uh, you said something about use a coil, coil little, and I was wondering if that was the silver that you were talking about. 
Well, colloidal silver, colloidal just basically means that it's um, an insoluble particle, which is actually suspended in another. So um, another great way that I describe um, a colloid is, is milk milk, there's a liquid, but there's also kind of the, the fatty milk that's the proteins within it. So it's, it's just, a dis, it distinguishes how that element, how that mineral is um, provided. So, but topical colloidal silver, um, you know, a lot of people do use those for, you know, things like burns, first aid, um, things of that nature, but you still have the potential of that translocating or being absorbed from the skin into the system. Mm-hmm. So, and again, because it's a, you know, heavy metal, I just, in my practice, I, I find there are so many things that I do know the safety um, of that it can be much more um, effective yeah. and safely provided for my animals. So um, the big question is, um, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know how much could be potentially toxic. And the problem is a lot of the different products have different potencies. So um, uh, it's one of those things. There's the buyer beware, the user beware when it comes to colloidal silver. And uh, Well, so. I, can, I can ask a question. What are you trying to achieve, Nancy? Well, I, I know... I. I take it myself for, uh, off and on for my colds or whatever, and it works for me. But my thing is, uh, I was talking to a person recently that they said they uh, raise cats. They, they um, what do you call it, raise cats, whatever, and they mm-hmm. put it in the water for the kittens so that they don't have the, uh, you know, the bacteria and the fungus and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and they have no problem with it. So there's controversy with any kind of supplement you take, I think, yeah. and anybody can overdose. You know, uh, more is better. That's not always the case. So. Yeah. But I and I guess I heard the, you say something, and I just was wanted to clarify if that was actually what you were talking about. Yeah, and and I think just when we start to really think about what silver is, and that it's not supposed to be in the body, and by ingesting it on a regular basis, we don't know how much can be deposited into the body. That's that's the concern and the the safety concern that I would express for oral ingestion, especially yeah. especially for a young creature that we're going to be, you know, seeing, um, you know, lifetime. But it concerns. is found in, at this point, it is found in pet uh, food or uh, supplements or whatever. There you know? are pets, there are pet, um, a lot of topical supplements. You may okay. find some orals, but again, I, you know, I, I'm not directing you there. You're doing that on your own. Right. I'm telling you, please don't use those. Use the direction of things that your veterinarian would properly advise you. Remember right. the uh, fall of the Roman Empire? Wasn't that just because mm-hmm. all of the lead goblets that they were drinking from those ah. heavy metals. I'm just saying, you got to watch out for those heavy metals. Yeah, well, with all the scrutiny and the concerns that a lot of people have about, you know, putting substances in their body, you know, it, it, it's definitely something to really look at. And, and I've had patients that have had seizure issues, and then you find out they've been using uh. some potential, um, you know, vitamin mineral supplement, and you really have to look at every one of those little things that uh, someone might do in their home. Mm-hmm. Well, Nancy, you have a great question. Thank you for calling, and thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Okay, it's time for us to get on out of here. We thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, if you need your fix, you can head on over to AnimalRadio.com and get a fix, or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You can listen anytime you want, plus get all the latest news like recalls, all the information that really affects you and your pets, and it's a free download, so why not do it now? And then... As usual, I say this every week, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, listen up. Our very own Dr. Debbie has written a kind of a user's guide or user's manual for them. How to be your dog's best friend or Kindle books, and you can get them over at Amazon. And we have links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Have yourself a warm, safe, cuddly weekend, and we'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio. Network. Network.